In the late afternoon of October 24, 1961, a young girl returned to her home in Lincoln, Massachusetts to discover that her mother, Joan Carolyn Risch, was missing. Police were called, and they soon discovered blood smeared in the kitchen and on the driveway. It was initially believed Joan had been abducted, but her two-year-old son was found sound asleep in his room. Fifty-eight years later, Joan remains missing. This is Cold Case Episode 3, The Vanishing of Joan Risch. Welcome to Cold Case. I'm your host, Ben Rugomez. In this episode, we will examine the mysterious disappearance of a mother from her home in Lincoln, Massachusetts. 58 years on, she still remains missing. This is The Vanishing of Joan Risch. Joan Risch was born Joan Carolyn Bard on May 12, 1930, in Brooklyn, to parents Harold and Josephine Bard. When she was nine, she moved with her family to New Jersey, but in 1940, tragedy struck when Harold and Josephine were killed in what was described as a suspicious house fire. After this fire, she moved in with relatives and took their surname, becoming Joan Matras. In 1952, Joan graduated from Wilson College in Pennsylvania, majoring in English literature. She began her career as secretary, but quickly climbed up the ranks to become an editorial assistant at Harcourt Brayson World, and later Thomas Y. Crowell Company. In 1956, she married Martin Risch, who she went on to have a family with. The couple had their first child, a daughter, Lillian, in 1958, and their son, David, in 1959. In 1961, the family moved to Lincoln, Massachusetts. They easily fit into the community there, and life seemed to be going well. Martin settled a good job with the Fitchburg Paper Company, and Joan wished to become a teacher when her children became older. However, in October of that same year, their lives would change forever, when Joan mysteriously disappeared from her home. On the morning of October 24, 1961, Martin left the house early for Logan Airport where he had a flight to New York City for a business trip. After he left, Joan woke up the children and cooked breakfast. She then took David across the street to a neighbor, Barbara Barker, while she left with Lillian in her blue 1951 Chevrolet for a dentist appointment in Bedford. While out, mail and milk were delivered to the Rish's home, and neither the mailman or milkman reported seeing anything suspicious while making their deliveries. After the appointment, Joan returned to her neighborhood, picked up David, and arrived back at home for lunch at around 11 o'clock a.m. After lunch, she put David 
to bed for his afternoon nap, while Barbara Barker's son, Douglas, came over to play with Lillian. This was around 1 p.m. At approximately 1.55, Joan took Lillian and Douglas to the Barker's house and told the children she would be right back. Lillian later reported that she and Douglas played on a swing set that did not have direct sightline to the Rish's home. At around 2.15 p.m., Barbara reported seeing Joan in her driveway standing next to her vehicle. She was carrying something red and appeared to be disoriented. This was the last time anyone saw Joan Rish. At around 4 o'clock p.m., Lillian returned home with Barbara. Barbara, believing Joan to be home, left. Lillian then entered their house, but quickly ran back to the Barker's home and told Barbara, quote, Mommy is gone and the kitchen is covered in red paint, unquote. Barbara then returned with Lillian to discover that the red paint was blood and she called the police. Sergeant Mike McHugh from the Lincoln Police arrived at the house shortly after Barbara called. He spoke briefly with her before entering the family kitchen. The walls were smeared with blood, the table had been overturned, and the telephone had been ripped from the wall as well. Nearby was a phone book open to the page for emergency numbers, however none had been written down. There was a bloody thumbprint on the phone and a partial palm print on the wall, however these did not belong to Joan and have never been identified. David was still sound asleep upstairs. Sergeant McHugh, believing Joan had taken her own life, searched the house for her body. When he didn't find it, he called the police chief and asked for backup. More officers arrived on the scene and they began searching the house and canvassing the neighborhood. Local hospitals were called in hopes that Joan may have shown up with an injury, but this was to no avail. The the state police got a hold of Martin in New York, and he booked the next flight home to Boston. The police discovered that there was about a pint of blood matching Joan's type, O, spread all throughout the house, which someone had tried to clean up with paper towels and a pair of David's coveralls. There was a blood trail leading from the children's room through the house and out to Joan's car. However, it could not be determined where the bleeding began. There was a possible sighting of Joan on Massachusetts Route 128, where drivers reported seeing a woman wearing clothing matching Joan's last description, who appeared dazed with blood running down the backs of her legs, carrying something against her stomach. Despite her obviously injured condition, nobody stopped to check on her. Witnesses in the neighborhood around the time of Joan's disappearance reported seeing a dirty, two-toned, blue-and-gray sedan outside the Rish's house. This car was reported several times, however, it was never identified. At the time of her disappearance, Joan had over 25 books checked out from a library, 
all of which were about unexplained murders and disappearances, leading to some believe that she had been planning her own disappearance to escape a life she was unhappy with. However, many who knew her described her marriage as being a happy one. Newspaper reports said that Joan was sexually assaulted as, as a child, and if you recall, Joan's parents died in what was described as a, as a suspicious fire, which may have been motivations for her to stage her own disappearance. Another theory is that Joan was attacked and was suffering from amnesia as a result, which would explain her dazed appearance and why she was spotted by Barker, but it still doesn't explain why there was so much blood loss. Another theory connected to this is that Joan simply had an amnesiac episode, which would have led to her wandering out of her home and never to be found again. However, there were never any reports of mental illness in the history of her family, and she never had any confirmed mental illnesses either. Joan Carolyn Risch was last seen outside her home in Lincoln, Massachusetts, wearing a gray cloth coat a blouse, a sweater, a charcoal-colored skirt, and a platinum wedding ring with diamond chips. Her shoes were either blue high heels or blue sneakers with white piping. She is described as being a Caucasian female with brown hair and blue eyes. Her distinguishing features consist of a filling in her upper left molar, pierced ears, and a red rash on her neck that may appear when she gets nervous. Joan's husband, Martin, the milkman, and the mailman all had alibis that checked out, so they were ruled out as suspects. No new evidence arose after the initial investigation, and although many believe Joan is almost certainly dead, she has never been found, and it remains a cold case. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cold Case. If you're interested in episode updates, suggesting cases, or even case updates, you can follow me on any any one of my social media handles, Instagram at Cold Case Podcast or Twitter at Podcast Cold Case. My name is Ben Gomez, and this has been Cold Case Episode 3, The Vanishing of Joan Risch. Thanks again for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care.